Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete! Okay, everybody, just suck on some calm. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 603, Fear and Loathing on the Planet of Kitson, is sponsored by Hallucinogenic Space Puffs. Not meant for Terran consumption, especially on an empty stomach. Oh, I get it, Pete, because it's based on fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I see what they did there. I have seen things like this before. Pete, let's take this opportunity, though, to look back to episode 602, Window of Opportunity, and its ratings holding steady at a 0.4 rating with 2.24 million viewers, uh, as always, on the lower side, but healthy nonetheless. Yeah, and again, at this point in a series, three episodes back into a sixth season, we have an established audience. It's not as if you're suddenly going to go up five million viewers for one episode, unless they bring Coulson back, Matt. When we catch you up on what went down, we begin in a room with a screen and a guy and a gun. We do indeed, Pete. The Bear McCreary music is a playing. We see some wanted files scrolling across the space screen. Uh, the score sounds vaguely Terminator-ish, which, by the way, uh, when asked by me, Bear McCreary said uh, of the idea that there's a Terminator nod, isn't there always. That's right, Pete. Response from Bear McCreary. Big moment. Uh, and this, of course, leads into the wanted files of Fitz and Enoch as wanted villains. That takes us to the title card. That after our Hunter character, still unnamed. Space Terminator. Uh, or Space Terminator. We, we will go with that. Uh, gets his uh, empty Frisbee out and uh, makes it spin and zooms away. Matt, this reboot of Tron, though. They take inspiration from everywhere, Pete. After the title card... Daisy et al. are upset by that jump to narrow Atsia. Interesting how we've spread out the very short Daisy, Zephyr 1, etc. Uh, storyline across these three episodes, but we're going to get more. Uh, the proper nature of them doing the jump, nay, Simmons doing the jump, is of course debated. Daisy is the mission leader and her call wasn't followed. They can't save Fitz if they can't save themselves. But Simmons says if they're going to jump back, she will stay nonetheless. Having arrived at Narrow Atsia Customs Station C1741 and this debate unfolding here. But Daisy uh, agrees with Simmons that Fitz is the mission. But at the same time, they've made sacrifices for Simmons. They went to a fire planet for her. But ring, ring, Matt. Price is on the space hollow phone. Pretorius Price, Pete. He didn't go to Praetorian school for all those years to not have his title used. Uh, he wants to make his welcoming uh, inspection. They kind of try to avoid it, but there's a system. There are rules, and they must be boarded. Those are the rules. It gets repeated. Meanwhile, on Kitson City, on the planet of Kitson, because... You see, Pete, it has to be Kitson City because it's fear and loathing in Kitson because it's Las Vegas. Uh, the snails are getting a good price. Uh, and Enoch spells out the real plan ahead. The snail pushers don't believe it. 
Uh, Fitz, however, is ready to try one of those local space yummies, uh, but he's told by Enoch his tummy isn't ready for it. By the way, Pete, Boyle, and the other worker, they're going to take those snails for free from these wanted men. Yeah, and they're also going to compensate them, Matt, with a single chip. Hope exists on that chip, Pete, the gambling chip. Maybe their fortunes will change. They head to the House of Games. No bots allowed. They don't serve their kind here. Uh, surprisingly, though, Enoch passes security. He is, of course, a Chromicon, not a mech, nor a synth, nor a bot. Uh, and all of this is a facsimile of fun, says Enoch, and Fitz is his best friend. Pete, I would not have thought when Enoch was first introduced in episode uh, in the first episode of last season and he was taking his bath and taking off his human skin suit, uh, I would not have thought that Enoch would become so much fun. I just wish they would give Joel Stoffer regular status. He is fantastic. His character of Enoch and Fitz need to get off the planet. At least that's Fitz's uh take but instead they go to the local cantina i'm surprised we did not have um werewolf guy um devil guy bat give me juice guy um chewbacca guy um (laughs) however it's not as if they're all in the same family now right (laughs) this is true although pete different galaxy different time etc but He looks at all these games of chance. He has theoretical knowledge about them all, but uh, no experience. Pete, take us to Z1. Back on Zephyr 1 here, uh, Praetorius Price has gotten them to surrender their weapons. They'll be returned after inspection, something that uh, Piper uh, worries about. But, you know, these Terrans... And uh, they mention Fitz and Price points out they never should have said that name because he's listening. And then we have the hunter from the very beginning of the episode emerge and stun Daisy, who falls to end the act. I told you he'd be back. Uh, After that act break, this space Terminator, a.k.a. Hunter, takes out Piper as well. Pete, luckily, it's set on stun, okay? But uh, between Simmons and Davis, they take him down. Your kind of diversionary action there. Back to the casino, Pete, because we have ourselves in this episode some sweet, sweet Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cross-cutting between stories. There are no B stories, Pete. They are both A stories. We're going back and forth. At the casino, Enoch orders two barracoladas which he, of course, shouldn't have ordered because they cost money, of which they only have the one chip. Um, But it's time for him to gamble. He wins. It was logical. There was like 30 times it had lost. Uh, This is what best friends do. Gamble, go crazy, drink, even murder, right? (laughs) The rules were quite clear, however, on synthetic beings. So they're breaking them, Matt, and... um, Enoch, a chronicom here with a very defined sense of right and wrong. You might say ones and zeros. Leopold Fitz, however, Matt, should not be here. He died on Earth a year ago. 
Pete, that sentiment echoed in the next scene back to Zephyr 1. The space terminator says that they're running out of time. Fitz has tampered with the universe and he's alive, though he should not be. We go back to the casino where the barracoladas are, in fact, eyeball brine. Yum. It's time for our boys to head to the big dog table. Hello, brigands. And with that, we see a montage of winning before we head back to Zephyr 1. Pete. Just remember, Matt, that what happens on the planet of Kitson is contagious and burns. You mean Kitson City on the planet of Kitson. But what happens on the planet of Kitson is contagious and burns. So says Price. With that, Pete, we head back to the casino where the character who is referred to in my notes as Jovial Beardo. He wants more good luck, compadre. Fitz thinks that Enoch is being played. And indeed, Jovial Beardo takes the house, wins the pot, leaving Enoch with nothing left as we head to the act break. He is great at cards, just dumb as hell at people. After the act break, Boyle, you know, the snail buyer stealer, and his other ne'er-do-well here fits his ship being pinged. What's out there? It's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., led by Sky slash Daisy slash Quake, and uh, everybody just suck on some calm. Our heroes get answers, and everyone eats the space macaroons that don't sit well with humans. Pete, that's because they are hallucinogenics, as we're about to learn in a hilarious portion of the episode. Chekhov's hallucinogenic space macaroons, perhaps, Matt? Um, Quake has apparently developed the ability to just twist people's fingers with her powers, which was certainly interesting. Uh, And we learn it's nothing but casinos or brothels on Kitson City, on the planet of Kitson. Thank you, Pete, for being specific. We're going to head back to that high stakes game. Nay, Pete, a higher stakes game. Uh, We have the green guy checking fits. He's going to be collateral. If they lose, he's going into slavery. A seat opens up at the table, what with somebody dying. Enoch is going to count the space cards. He will do one tone for hold, two for hit. Pete, what would that sound like in Star Trek? Beep, beep. (laughs) With that, it's game time, but we head outside the casino where Quake and Simmons are getting ready to enter. But then they're tripping man on the thinguses. They enter the boring hallway and are so high. I enjoyed this, Matt. I, I'm not going to lie, but I don't know if this was, you know, the most inspired Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writing we've ever seen. What, what do we get out of it? We get that these characters are close. We get that they have... Uh, you know, this deep friendship, much like the friendship that is developed between Fitz and Enoch in this year jump ahead. But at the same time, lots of goofiness. I was reminded of the uh, the X-Files episode uh, that was about um, it was about cockroaches. And it was to my memory. And it's been a while since I've gone down the old uh the old uh, X-Files path. But to my mind, it was one of the first episodes that was kind of set out to be objectively funny, uh, though it was about cockroaches and though it did feature 
the simulation of a cockroach crawling across your television screen leading to multiple people throwing things like motorcycle helmets or bullets <laughs> at their screen. That is a real thing. Multiple people broke their televisions. Thank because... God this didn't happen on our TV. <laughs> so um, my point is that was, I mean, there was times it was suspenseful. There's times it was surreal. There's times it was a little scary and there's times it was outright funny. I don't know that this episode has that level of subtlety it is funny to see quake and simmons and davis and others you know just tripping and high but there reaches a certain point where all right we've done funny high people for 20 minutes um it, it is what it is i suppose pete back to the episode in zephyr one davis is high too he loves the yummies Back to the casino bar, they can't focus. And Pete, my daughter was watching this episode, and that's when she said, yeah, they're drunk. I know. Mommy has told me that when you're drunk, you can't concentrate, and those two ladies can't concentrate, and they're in a bar, so they're drunk. And I said, yep. And it was around that time Quake and Simmons said, ladies' night. ay 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 Yes, and uh, I think the best thing that we get connected in their own universe instead of jokes about harry potter and you know she's british num- pete british people love harry potter do you understand that i do they all the, they only talk about harry potter and the giraffes that uh davis saw is when um and and maybe the 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 harry potter joke helps us to get simmons to use her straw like a magic wand at which point she sees the Fitzmonkey that Matt has willed into existence. Yes. I will not disagree at all, Pete. It was <laughs> at that first season, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel at New York Comic Con when I asked Ian DeCastiker, when, we'll when will we see more of Fitz's monkey? Uh, which I thought was an inspired, silly question. And he said, I hope soon. And I uh, made the joke that uh, he was going to pay me $5 for asking a question about him and to get him on the show more um many of the professional media people covering that panel made reference to my question uh so i took pride in that and i take pride in the fact that the fitz monkey lives solely because of me uh i say this of course tongue in cheek uh but that was great and pete we can't move on without me mentioning that agents of shield you know that has crisscrossed with thor that has has had samuel L. jackson on it that has had uh, Edward James Olmos and Powers Booth and Lucy Lawless, uh, you know, this this show which has dealt with our metaphor, our world in metaphor. Uh, they also, as these two gals are, are high, they also talk about meeting Daisy in the fartmobile. It's true. All of it. Uh, but this connection, Matt, that Daisy speaks to the camera, we assume Simmons receiving the message no, it's our friend from before that beat Enoch and Fitz at cards. Uh, your ship or mine, we cut back to Zephyr 1 where Davis, secret agent in space, is supposed to be doing something, but the uh, Terminator there frees himself and charges the camera to end the act. Luckily, Pete, after the act break, Piper, who... Pete, she's leading the good life. She's not eating questionable space mushrooms. Uh, she sees that the space Terminator is gone and the Davis is knocked out cold. Pete, it's so nice that the space Terminator 
has yet to kill anybody. Uh, so I guess maybe I am projecting the Terminator moniker onto him, or maybe he's the AT2 Terminator. I swear I will not kill anyone. I don't know. Uh, but she wakes up Davis. He's awake, but still tripping. Back to the casino. Quake is awake and still tripping. She notices a dainty pair of little feet. It's Simmons. Are her parents mice? And do you hear that high-pitched noise? Wait a minute, Pete. People can't hallucinate the same thing. Uh, side note, actually, as a fairly boring person, I actually don't have much experience in this area, but couldn't it be possible that people could think they are hallucinating the same thing when, in fact, they are objectively not? I don't have enough experience with hallucinating either, Matt, to really get you there. However, um, this was the portion of the episode where uh, Daisy explained that an alien had propositioned her, that she had lost her little British friend, and that everybody around her smelled like cheese with a uh, in-the-face camera shot very reminiscent of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Cut to the high-stakes game. Mustache guy bets wrong and gets an arrow to the chest. Fitz ponders his next move. Enoch promptly shuts down. Should Fitz hit or fold, hit or fold, he's drawing it out, waiting for Enoch to wake up. That is the question now. With that, Enoch gets properly zapped out. Whoop, whoop, alarms sound. The dealer IDs Enoch and Fitz as a pair. Mr. Kitson will want to deal with them personally. That's right, Pete. Mr. Kitson of Kitson City of the planet Kitson is going to show up. Surprisingly not in this episode, but Pete, take us back to Zephyr 1. The hunter is checking out information on the Zephyr 1 computer. Piper wants him to back away from it. He takes out his disc and he zips away but they have destroyed the fuse box. Uh, who was he trying to contact, Matt? Questions. Uh, just a galore everywhere. Um, back to the casino. Only Simmons and Quake can hear that signal for sure. It's a secret signal. That must mean Fitz. Uh, they're not wrong. I guess this is one of these cases, Pete, where uh, doing the wacky tobacco makes them think better. Uh, back to Fitz and Enoch, the sound was actually caused by a less savory chronicom, The Hunters, and we see them enter the casino to end the act. Act 5 begins with our hunters in and our girls up. The problem, Pete, is the Quake can't shoot straight. Uh, with that, we cut to Enoch, apparently mid-scene. I'm not crazy about the editing here, but he's decided he's useless now. There's a foul stench. Uh, from the guy that got shot with the arrow. Oh, wait, that's because he's a Kryptonian. He's got 75% sulfur for his blood or in his blood. Back to the casino floor, Simmons aims Quake. They make some hits, and Simmons runs off so the Quake can do close combat hand fighting because why use your superpower hand Quake guns when you can punch people in the nose? Back to the game room, Enoch is emo. So can we call him Emok? Emok. Emok. I feel like we may have made that joke slash observation last season. That just shows Pete he's a consistently written character. Fitz has taken the Kryptolian blood, by which that is to say, I guess he pulled off Mustache Guy's, not even a guess, he in fact has pulled off Mustache Guy's arm and is painting the door with Kryptolian blood. Time to 
spark up. Do you do you get it, Pete? That is a reference to drug use yes. in the storyline, which does not do. involve drug use. I I do. See, Simmons, because it's me- fear and loathing in Las Vegas, and it's 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 about space drugs. It is. Simmons, meanwhile, has uh, made it to speak to the big green bouncer guy here. Uh, she claims that she believes her husband, her future husband, is in there. And she is told, perhaps, Matt, the most cautionary advice in this episode. You need to lay off those puffs, lady. Pete, that is the voice of reason. Security guard guy here, okay? He's not trafficking directly anyway in, uh, in, in gambling, which can you know, lead you down a dark path. He certainly is not uh, treading the waters of uh, selling one's body for money. He's just a guy trying to keep things secure. He gives wise advice for it. Uh, the door explodes, hitting him. And Pete, keeping in mind that when one exudes body gas what the nose senses tends to be sulfur uh out of the fart smoke cloud fitz appears love is reunited you can just smell it in the air then what happens next the hunter takes him with his little tron disc there and all we're left is with enoch and Gemma. And uh, he explains that Gemma Simmons should not be there as we head into the tag scene. That is, of course, the end of this story, or at least this episode's portion of the story. In the tag scene, Sarge and Jacko, the former of which has his gun in hand, they're both looking up at the stars. Sarge is ready to fire into the sky. He, in fact, does lighting up a pattern which seems to help scan all of North America to end the episode. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Pete, let's start with the Hunter slash Space Terminator. Doesn't get a lot of lines, gets some action in this episode, but clearly has an impact on everyone in the story. Not just him. There are some others just like him. Really looking forward to getting perhaps a little exposition about these bad guys other than menace. They may look alike, but they have a plan. Uh, Pete, let's move on to uh, Price, who of course is the uh, you know fastidious checker of things and such at the top of the episode. Unique looking ar- uh, actor, unique uh performance and though he didn't get a ton of screen time i i dug his presence in the episode definitely makes an impression and as far as villainy is concerned matt on the lower end but somebody who still acts in opposition of our protagonists similarly is the case with boyle and his uh i believe unnamed compatriot there uh, they're a little bit more evil in that they do the outright steal of the snails snail theft pete we should not tolerate it uh but interestingly enough he does also give the kind of story key for the episode to continue in the handing over of the one chip that uh that puts both sets of the the, the story here the a plot and the other a plot that's your Daisy, et cetera, and your Fitz and Enoch. Puts them all on the same path. So uh, thanks, Boyle, for helping make love happen while you steal things. Do we include Sarge and Jacko on this list, Matt? 
I think they are in the episode so uh, little, and though uh, though we know they are up to no good in this story or carrying over from last week, is is that scanning action done by Sarge? Is it something which is villainous, or is it trying to stop our heroes in some way? I think it will end up being a bad thing, but we can't call it bad or in opposition. So I think they get a bit of a pass here. Pete, lastly, is a villain in this episode using hallucinogenic drugs? Matt, uh, you know, a child of the late 70s and the early 80s, I was told by Nancy Reagan to just say no. Um, And then later on, I developed my own ability to just say no. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, you had wondered about Mr. Kitson. Yes, you stole what I was going to propose as a theory, but here we are talking about it nonetheless. Um, Oftentimes in S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, there's a man in his 50s, perhaps late 40s, uh, who who shows up and shares the screen with Clark Gregg. Now, I know that we are currently on opposite sides of the galaxy, universe, multiverse, uh, and that the space story, which took up all but the tag scene in this episode, is currently very removed from uh, life on terra firma. But there's going to be a great conjunction at some point. The storylines will merge. Will Mr. Kitson be played by somebody who can go toe-to-toe with Clark Gregg in the uh, maturity department? It's got to be, right? I mean, they've done such an effective job of casting foils to Coulson throughout the six seasons to this point. You know, we had the late Bill Paxton. We had Edward James almost. We had the late Powers Booth. Um, I'm just now noticing a pattern and I would really caution somebody against taking this role. It is interesting to think uh, when this merging of the two storylines will happen. Uh, I continue to return to keeping in mind, of course, that it's a 13 episode season. So we're about one quarter through and whatever kind of mileposts they want to hit in terms of at the midway point, this at the end point, this we're we're moving pretty fast yes this is a show that has done the pods two seasons ago and uh kind of had a first half second half last season but everything's got to come up roses at some point right you would hope um daisy explains that one of the destinations they have gone on the search for Fitz was a fire planet Not so much a theory, Matt, but, you know, will we get to see some stuff like that in flashback or is it just going to be reference? I would be surprised if we do much looking back. This is a show that, in my mind, does that very little. I mean, yes, there's been, you know, secret histories and things of that sort, but kind of the flashback episode uh, is, is something that the show tends not to do. Um, I, I think as well to whatever degree that the show is working within the constraints of budget. And I mean, you know, of course every show works within the constraints of budget. I don't know that we need to go to the fire planet when we have other things ahead of us, like rescue fits or, you know, get back to earth and find out about Sarge and all of this 
kind of more emotionally appealing stuff as opposed to the action of the past. Speaking of Fitz, where was he taken? I'm going to guess maybe the Space Terminator's ship. I feel like that's probably a good bet. And that's also an enclosed set, which means financial upside there. Uh, and they probably also have some laying around. I'm thinking the end of last season and uh, and things of that sort. So, yeah, I think that's at least where he will start in the next episode. If indeed, Pete, any of these people are in, are in the next episode, it could be completely Terran-based. It could, and that leads us to the question of what Sarge did with his cannon. They seem to be looking for something. To me, it looked like he fired up you know, these orbs from which they could now scan a great swath of land, you know, all of North America, question mark, all of the United States, question mark, things of that sort. Um, which is interesting because I think no one would have presumed that the uh, cannon, when it was close to being fired last week, no one would have said, oh, that is a, um, that's anything less than an offensive attacking weapon. Uh, instead here, appears to be some kind of, uh, you know, stage one of the scanner that stage two, you get the feedback on your screen. Time will tell. Let's check the wire. Pete, we ran a poll last night, uh, four stars Friday, high day that got 70%, three stars space yummies that got 13%, two stars busted compadre. That was 13% as well. And uh, 4% said one star, one chip left. Frowny face. A couple of responses there as well. The Uber fan, uh, who I understand uh, was not watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Live, said, I loved every second of it, even though it didn't have any May. The Skimmins moments were fantastic. So glad to see Gemma apologize for kind of being a butt. Changing one word there, Pete. You'll never guess which one. And I loved Hi Skimmins and Hi Davis. Um, maybe we could call that skid. Just want to throw that out there to the <laughs> fandom when you have, uh, you know, Sky and Simmons and Davis. Uh, also, and by the way, what is Sarge's crew doing? Uh, I'm glad we're discussing that now, Pete. I was got a tweet from Carly Tolley that's at Television that with a Z. Uh, he said it unlocked some old college memories. I loved it. LOL. <laughs> Can't quite compare with the old college memories, but I, I think I got that reference, Matt. We also had a tweet from Hale Hydra. That's at Hydra underscore lives, our, our longtime Twitter pal. Uh, been down on S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot in the last 1.5 episodes, but last night's episode was a lot of fun. I mean, Matt, this was a jaunt and a romp, but when you read... The correspondence of our next uh, Twitter follower, I think we really have to question the strategy at this point of the show. Yes. Where goes Agent Jen Phillips? So go we all. And she had these words, Pete. If this is the best S.H.I.E.L.D. can do in deep space on alien planets, no wonder they need S.W.O.R.D. What a mess. It's embarrassing, really. I hope to see a good debriefing when they get home. Mac's going to love those mission logs. Idiots. Wow. Harsh words. Pete, I don't think blind love is necessary for any pop culture. And, you know, this is definitely a more 
frivolous episode. Um, I didn't have as quite a strong reaction as she did, but you know, as kind of hinted at before, as referenced before, this is a far cry from, oh my goodness, we're going to reinterpret the post-election world through the lens of comic book bad guys and an alternate computer reality and try and have a dialogue about our understanding of 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 America and the world in 2016, 17, 18, 19, whatever it might be. Instead, this is, we're going to do the episode where everybody, you know, gets high and has a Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds jaunt in a casino. I mean, you spelled it out when you were talking about the experience of your daughter watching this and her understanding that they were drunk. Um, and this is not to sound like a prude about this. I'm, I'm not. But, you know, eight o'clock on network TV, is, is this really, you know, what should be happening? Uh, I enjoyed the, the buddy stuff with both uh, sets of friends with Fitz and Enoch and with uh, Daisy and Simmons. And maybe we could have played that up a little bit more and didn't need the kind of juvenile, uh, you know, setup of the drugs. I'll add as well, and maybe this is more the, you know, marketing PR end than the core show itself, but to have info out there you know ladies night ladies night i'm like oh wow this is going to be kind of an affirming episode to whatever degree uh okay it's actually you know ladies getting high and using powers and whatnot perfectly fine oh maybe it's ladies night because it's written by a woman no oh maybe it's ladies night because it's directed by a woman no and that's no slam against the 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 guy that wrote it no slam against the director jesse bochco who's very very well received both on agents of shield and in general great pedigree from his father uh and all that but again to kind of sell it it was sold as one thing and arrived as something else well, Matt, something else is when a listener goes above and beyond and goes to iTunes and leaves us a review like the one that Big Blue Synth did headlined. It's a magical podcast. Five stars. And it reads Matt and Pete and the Fantastic Geek family spelled it properly there with the PH, Matt, of Love podcasts it. are the bar by which all pop culture podcasts should be measured insightful commentary that is neither overly effusive with its praise nor afraid to give loving constructive criticism is hard to come by it's almost that like big blue synth is listening to this episode i know really (laughs) beyond the timely delivery of content and the thoughtful discussions of pop culture they go the extra mile to keep their shows pg so i don't have to worry about the kids listening with me been a listener for years now. Can't believe I hadn't left a review yet. Keep it up, guys. Your hard work and dedication is appreciated. Well, thank you, Big Blue Synth. Uh, again, Pete, as you mentioned, kind of very well-timed uh, as we've given a, a loving within the family finger wag to some elements of this episode. But got a call as we see it and uh, so appreciative that Big Blue Synth appreciates what we do. So thank you, Big Blue Synth. As appreciated as the good people who head to patreon.com slash fantastic geek to keep all this pop culture goodness coming to you. I mean, Matt, geez, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
Cloak and Dagger, Picard now up in the family. Uh, certainly a lot going on for us right now. Absolutely. The Mandalorian, Watchmen on the horizon. Before we know it, Pete, we'll be talking about those shows. Here's a little bit of perspective for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're talking about it this month. It'll be on next month. It'll be on the month after that. And then the first Friday in August is the season finale. So before you know it, blink and it's gone. These next 10 episodes ahead of us. And uh, the adventure continuing with us and all of that, as you said, made possible by the people who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek, helping keep our ship up there in the sky, whether it's at planet Kitson, Kitson city, uh, or all the way there in the galaxy far, far away for the Mandalorian or in alternate New York for Watchmen, uh, back in France for Picard, etc. And not to mention, Matt, we have the confirmation that Jessica Jones' third season and final season will be coming to Netflix in June. Don't have a, a date because, you know, there's only four Fridays in June and we can't pick one and announce a date. Yeah, it was so awesome that all of the core Netflix originals, I understand Marvel Netflix is a Netflix original, but you know, we're now outside the tent, not inside the tent. All the really exciting stuff that Netflix wants to talk about, those all got dates in its June announcement. Then they did, you know, the end with the Netflix end. Then they did the special post-credit scene where Jessica Jones is sitting at the bar and it said, and Jessica Jones coming soon, which is the biggest middle finger to the audience. Because as you said, Pete, it'd be one thing if this was a month ago. Ooh, coming soon. When in June? That's six to eight weeks away. It's June, what, the end of next week? And my fear is just that it's going to drop out of nowhere. Now, does that impact whether the show's going to get canceled or not? No. It's already canceled. The fate's already sealed, but not a cool move as we enter the final phase here for Marvel Netflix. And boo hiss to that. But we'll be talking Jessica Jones as soon as there are episodes. Or a trailer, Matt, you know, because uh, a woman drinking at a bar, which may or may not be footage from the third season or any of the two previous seasons, uh, doesn't constitute full-on promotion. True. So very true. On that bittersweet moment, Pete, how can people be in touch with you to talk about their anticipation of the next 10 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the next 13 episodes of Jessica Jones, The Mandalorian, Watchmen, Picard, Star Trek Discovery, etc. You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,477 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we'll be back uh, tomorrow to talk Cloak and Dagger. And uh, before you know it, back talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, on both that feed and the S.H.I.E.L.D. feed as well. With that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. So to hit or to fold... That is the question now.